Here's a nice little diversion from politics for you. Sir Don McKinnon, even though he's got a political background, but he's not wearing that hat today on the country. He's wearing his hat as chairperson of the New Zealand Memorial Museum Trust. Don, in the past couple of days, you've opened the New Zealand Liberation Museum in Le Quenoa. I hope I got that right, on the French-Belgium border. This has been a labour of love for you. You must be so proud that you've got this to fruition. Well, I'm certainly relieved that we've got there, Jamie. It has been a labour of love. I was determined to do something in this town many years ago. It took me a long time to get started. We got going actively, I think, about 2014 when the new mayor uh, was elected. She was very keen too, and a combination of her enthusiasm and convincing a lot of really good New Zealanders this is worthwhile them putting money into um, well, we finally got there, and we opened it with a, a great, um, a great crowd there. A great crowd of Kiwis, a lot of French people. Beautiful day. It all worked very well. For those who are unaware of the Kiwi connection with the small French town, can you tell us the history of it? Well, yes, in as few words as I can, Jamie. But uh, can just can go back in your mind. The First World War ran from 2014 to 2018. And a week before the end of the war, the New Zealand division, you know, it was on its own uh, in Western Europe, was moving eastwards, of course, pushing the Kaiser's army away. They were told about the small town of Le Quenois. It was very heavily fortified by German, German forces. They were told, don't bomb the town, please, because there are too many civilians in it. They surrounded the town. They put up a lot of black smoke into the town. They climbed up ladders to get into the town over the ramparts. The town, the German forces surrendered. We lost lost 135 soldiers of New Zealand, and uh, the town was liberated. And then, of course, three days later, the war ended with the armistice. So these people in this town, 105 years later, have still not forgotten what New Zealand did for them. And... Up until up until now, they still commemorate twice a year, thanking New Zealand for what we did in 1918. I think the most amazing stat about this, you talked about the New Zealand soldiers who made the ultimate sacrifice. No civilian lives were lost during the liberation of Le Quenoa. That's right. Well, of course, all the civilians, basically, you know, they were a garrison town by the German army. But when they heard uh, gunfire, when they saw black smoke they all dived into their basements now they were safe in their basements because we were not hitting the town with the kind of shells that go through the ground but we were the artillery were just firing uh, material in order to distract the germans more than to kill them because obviously you've got the big ramparts around the town you can't you can't do that sort of thing so the civilians were safe in that respect and when they came out from their basements and after there was clearly no noise for about an hour, they were just so surprised, so surprised to be liberated by troops from the uttermost ends of the earth. And I think the Te Reo version of the New Zealand Liberation Museum, Te Arafata, did I get that right? Yeah, you're right, Te Arafata, yeah, which means a ladder yep. or a staircase, yes. Uh, so this is just a unique connection. It, it, it is a unique connection. You couldn't put it better than that. 
to anyone who wanders around this town with a silver fern on the lapel or something like that will be very warmly greeted. Like the most popular place in the town, I think yesterday was a, a place where uh, a very enthusiastic Frenchman had just opened it called the Maori Bar 02. I'm not too sure what 02 is for, but he got a lot of custom yesterday and he's very pleased with uh, being able to give hospitality to travelling New Zealanders. So Don McKinnon with us, former Deputy Prime Minister, former Minister of Foreign Affairs, uh, former Secretary General of the Commonwealth of Nations. Uh, Don, you're a very well-travelled man, obviously, in your political past, but this is going to be a bucket lister for Kiwis. I know it's a rite of passage for Kiwis, and I've been lucky enough to go to Gallipoli. Next on my bucket list is La Quenoa. Well, you'd be right. And, of course, as, as Sir Richard Taylor, who uh, really was responsible for curating the museum, as he said, this is the bookend, the other bookend for World War One. He did Gallipoli in Wellington. He's now done Le Quenoir in France, so each at either end of the war. And uh, you're right. I think, uh, I think the thing that motivated me going back, uh, really, Jamie, was the fact that you're on the Western Front up until yesterday, and you, you wouldn't go to the Canadian Museum to hear the New Zealand story, or the American Museum, or the South African Museum, the Newfoundland Museum. <laughs> we had no place on the Western Front where you could really dwell on the New Zealand, New Zealand history, the, the history of the New Zealand Division. So it's there now. So yes, I do hope, uh, and, I, and I exhorted the crowd yesterday, I said, you know, your job now is to ensure that your grandchildren come here and it's your job to ensure that those grandchildren ensure their grandchildren come here because we didn't do too much for the first hundred years after World War One, but we're going to do a lot better for the second hundred years. Well it's, it's moving, it's moving for me. My grandfather served at Gallipoli and on the Western Front. You mentioned Weta Workshop, uh, Sir Richard Taylor. They've got like, uh, what do you call it, an immersive storytelling experience. To tell me, what am I going to see when I go to this museum? Well, you will, you will hear and see a lot of things. You will hear voices of, of the past. You will see uh, great uh, renditions of photographs of the past. You'll see uh, videos. Uh, each room in this mansion house, and that's what it is. It's a mansion house being converted to a museum. Each room will tell a different story about that World War One experience. And there's not a person that goes through and comes out without just sort of hesitating. Even French people were coming out on the first day. Uh, we, had, we had a soft opening for about a week when people could come and go and just making sure things work. And those French people came out with tears in their eyes when they, when they saw some of us or heard some of the stories of people they probably knew as grandparents, um, you know, talking, talking about that. And, of course, as you know, in Te Papa you have those giant soldiers made up. Well, we have a giant New Zealand soldier in one of the rooms, and that doesn't hesitate to stop everyone in their tracks. It is so well done. Now that you've got this behind you, Sir Don McKinnon, are you going to take time on Sunday morning New Zealand time to wander along? I'm sure a man of your stature will have no trouble getting a ticket for the quarterfinal against Ireland. Well, it just depends whereabouts I'm going to be. So we're somewhere, you know, we're, we're, we're about uh, two hours from Paris here, but uh, 
if there's a if there's a chance that I can be in the stand there cheering your blokes, I will be, Jamie. So, Don McKinnon, congratulations. You've opened the New Zealand Liberation Museum in Le Quenoa in France. It is going to be a bucket list, a go-to for Kiwis, as you say, of many generations to come. I can't wait till I get there. Thank you for your time. Good. Well done. They, they'll welcome you, Jamie.